Welcome to Parallel Leaders. Every week, we come alongside you and focus on eight growth points to address the obstacles holding you back. Not only do you need to grow as a leader, but your team, your systems, your numbers, your finances, the expectations, the facilities, and your culture must grow. If you target and evaluate your organization, leadership, or department under the microscope of these eight growth points, you will optimize your effectiveness as a leader. And today's podcast is all about equipping you with the tools and conversations you need to move forward. So let's go. How to practice self-evaluation. Number one is know yourself. But what I want to focus on this one is, is this is a reality issue. Okay, this is a reality issue. So when a leader is being criticized, it's often really the leadership position that prompts the negative remarks. So let me explain that a little bit. The higher you go in leadership, and a lot of people desire, I want to be the leader, I want to be the leader. Know that when you become the leader, you become the target in in many ways. The higher you go, the more apt you are to criticism. So the president, the prime minister, they get more criticism than anybody else because they're to blame for everything, right? So they that's that's just the nature of leadership. So sometimes as leaders, you have to realize the moment you get the promotion at work and now you're the manager or now you're you know the supervisor or whatever it might be, immediately you're going to be criticized by someone somewhere because that's part of the job. The leader, when the leader's being criticized, is often really the leadership position that prompts the negative remarks, not necessarily the individual leader. So you need to be able to separate the two. And you can do that only when you know yourself to be able to separate that. So if a criticism is directed at the position, it's not personal. And you should just let it roll off of you. And it's, trust me, it's not easy to do. Anytime criticism comes, there's a little bit of sting in there. That's all good. But you need to be able to discern. And the more that you know yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, um, the more you're going to be able to discern between whether this is the criticism of a leadership position or whether this is a negative remark. So, for example, we had a, a criticism aimed at us on Facebook just the other day or aimed at, at me because one of the messages that I preached, and I don't even remember what it was, but there's one that was Jesus didn't exist because J wasn't invented in the alphabet yet. And I was like, huh, let's eliminate Jerusalem and Judea. And maybe Jesus wasn't English. Hey, there's a thought. Um, and those ones are public because they do it on Facebook. There's one that said that go fly in your jet. You know, God's going to give you a jet and you're going to do all this kind of stuff. And basically calling me a prosperity preacher, whatever all that kind of stuff. And I was like, what are we even talking about? And realizing, taking all that and being able to discern some of those things that come in is, is that's an attack. That's somebody that got hurt probably by the church in the past. And it's got to hurt somewhere. That's an attack against the position, not necessarily attack against me or criticism of the position more than just it is a criticism of me. So, but at the same time, being able to discern that there are times when it's a criticism that is aimed at me. So what I've tried to do is I've tried anytime a criticism is said, I've, I've tried to discern as to there's an ounce of gold or there's an ounce of truth in there. What can I learn about myself? What can I learn um, from that criticism? So here's some things that I've learned about myself over the years based off of criticism of others. 
Okay, so I'm putting this right out there for you. And none of you have ever had these thoughts. No, I know, I definitely know that you've had these thoughts because this is stuff that I've learned about myself and I'm still working on. These are my blind spots. Number one is I'm not a great listener. Number two, I talk about this one often, I'm impatient. Okay, I've learned these ones from criticism. Number three, I'm unrealistic about the times things take and how difficult the process is. Number four, I don't like to spend a lot of time on people's emotional issues. <laughs> Number five is like I overestimate the ability of others and delegate responsibility too quickly. I assume too much. This one is might be a shock to all of you. I don't care about rules and restrictions. That's never made anybody around me cringe. I make decisions quickly and expect others to do the same. I process issues quickly and want to move on even when other people aren't ready to. Those are ones that I am aware of working on. Do I get it right all the time? No. <laughs> but what leads us to number two is that when you know yourself, that's a reality, that's being real with who you are. Number two is you need to change yourself. This is a responsibility issue now. Okay, is is to be able to change yourself. That's a responsibility issue. I love this quote from author Aldous Huxley. He said this, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you mad. So true. So <laughs> when you hear the truth, the first reaction, all of us, when we hear this and going, ah, we get mad because criticism hurts. It gets close to home. It's blind spot that we're going to feel that truth. It hurts sometimes, but you need to feel the feelings regardless don't push that aside don't push that away feelings matter whether you're feeling mad guilty happy sad or excited don't label your feelings as good or bad the goal here is to not judge your feelings but to understand them and by sitting with your feelings you can gain insight into what's causing them and so sometimes where there's a criticism aimed at me there's sometimes where i feel you know, it just, it hurts a little bit more. And I'm paying attention, especially to that one, because I was like, ooh, that one probably got a little bit close to home because I know that there's truth in that. I know there's truth. And so I need to, I understand that. If I can understand that, deal with the pain, understand the feeling, then be able to process it properly, then I can be able to change. So once you understand why you're feeling a certain way, you can let them run their course and release them and be aware that your emotions are there to teach you something very important. Okay, so another thing when you're taking on criticism, what to learn and, and how to process is, is ask who criticized me. The source matters, right? So adverse criticism from a wise person with a good track record is more to be desired than enthusiastic approval of a fool. So, you know, having a wise person with a good track record is more desired than the approval of a fool. So you need to know who criticized me. Secondly, you need to know how was it given? You know, I tried to discern whether the person was being hostile or judgmental or whether they gave me the benefit of the doubt and spoke with kindness. So how is it delivered? Number three, why was it given? Okay, was it given out of a personal hurt? Because uh, a lot of times people attack something because you 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 hit a truth especially as a communicator, you hit a truth that hits close to home, brings up a past pain, and they're they're launching out because they're they're feeling that emotion, aren't quite sure how to process it. So was it given out of a personal hurt or was that criticism given for my benefit? And hurting people, you need to know this, hurting people hurt people. They lash out or criticize to try to make themselves feel better, not to help the other person. But criticism 
can also come because people are genuinely trying to help. So follow that when receiving criticism, I try to remain, you know, try to maintain the right attitude. It's hard. Don't always get this right. But I try to maintain the right attitude by, number one, not being defensive. Okay. And and listening and, and holding back the tendency to defend or to argue. Secondly, I, I look for the ounce of gold. Okay. So for every ton of dirt, there's an ounce of gold in there somewhere. So, you know, you have to sift through the dirt sometimes to find that ounce, that truth. And then thirdly, as make the necessary changes. Once I found the ounce of gold, I'll try to make the necessary changes. And then sometimes if it's a trusted source and they do it with kindness, I'm saying, would you hold me accountable to that? I'm going to work on that. I'm going to try. Would you help me with that? And then fourthly is take the high road, which is, you know, don't avoid your critics because if they're doing it for your benefit, they're your best friend. They're not somebody to be afraid of. They're your best friend. So take the high road. John Maxwell said this, to be an effective leader, you need to let others tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. To be an effective leader, you need to let others tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. All right, number three, this one is you need to accept yourself. Hey, after processing all this, <laughs> you need to accept yourself. And this is a maturity issue. I love this quote from Carl Rogers. He says that the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. And when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. Um, th that's amazing insight. And being who you really are is the first step in becoming better than you really are. If you worry too much about what other people think of you, it's because you have more confidence in their opinion than you have in your own, or you are trying to hide who you really are. But if you know and admit your weaknesses and you know your strengths and you work within them, you can be yourself with confidence, right? So this is why I'm a big proponent of these tests. These tests don't don't allow them to put you in a box and you can't fix or change or move or grow or mature in that thing. This is just who I am. That's not what those tests are for. Those tests are to give you insight into, okay, this is my strengths. This is my potential weaknesses. These are my tendencies. And the more you can know yourself, admit your weaknesses, know your strengths, work within them, you're going to be able to gain confidence. Judith Bardwick said this real confidence come from, comes from knowing and accepting yourself, your strengths and your limitations in contrast to depending on affirmation from others. Wow, that's a mouthful. So, so good. Real confidence comes from knowing, accepting yourself, your strengths and your limitations in contrast to depending on affirmation from others. All right. So, so number one is, is we want to know ourselves. That's a reality issue. Two is change yourself. That's a responsibility issue. Three is accept yourself. That's a maturity issue. And then fourthly is forget yourself. Okay, that's a security issue. So secure people forget about themselves so they can foc focus on others. This is where we just, this is kind of where we get into the next level. So I love how, John writes that progression in in First John. So much insight into First John two, which is our discipleship track. Right? Is I write to you, little children. I write to you, young men. I write to you, fathers. 
What's interesting about that is in that progression, there's a maturity that happens not just with age, there's a maturity that happens with, with mentality. And what we're all trying to get to is we're trying to get to that father chair. And that father chair is when there's a difference. Young men think a lot about themselves. Right? Fathers begin to think less about themselves, more about others. And it all becomes about others. And that's where that's where we want to get to is focus yourself. This is a security issue. Secure people forget about themselves so they can focus on others. Okay. And, and it's not, not saying to think less of yourself, not saying that at all. I'm just saying, think of yourself less. <laughs> Don't think less of yourself. Just think of yourself less. And what we're all trying to get to in all of this is that the ultimate home run in this one is self-aware leaders focus on others and how to get better so that when i focus on others then i can receive criticism because it's making me better to minister to others right if i'm just if i'm just focused on me then i'm going to take it personal i'm, I'm going to well that's just who i am just it's all about i'm not going to process it properly but if i realize that i'm living my life for for, for others and can get to that place, then I want to know how how I affect others, how people see me. I want to know my blind spots so that I can be aware of them going into situations and knowing how that all processes. Thank you for listening to the Parallel Leaders Podcast. If you're looking for additional resources, tools, and conversations to move your organization forward and capture the hearts of your community, check out parallelleaders.com. And make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Leaders. We'll see you next time.